Hello everyone, welcome to our decentralized future. My name is Adam. I am the creator of gfam.live, which is a social media platform where creators can earn from a decentralized uh, source. So they can earn from anyone. Uh, and we've got Andrew, who is the CEO of the Coinos Group. I think you're somewhat decentralized. You do things in mm -hmm. decentralized world. Yeah, well, uh, we're we're trying to build a essentially a decentralized computer um, with no fees. So uh, the Coinos block we're building the Coinos blockchain, uh, which for people who have heard of Ethereum, it's like that but faster, uh, more accessible, and of course, no fees. Uh, and uh, we're we'll we'll be launching the testnet soon. So that's a, a really exciting milestone. And then after the test net, it's on to, to the main net. What I wanted to talk about today though, was politics, everyone's favorite conversational topic. <laughs> um, I've been thinking a lot about governance tokens uh, in the past week or so. Um, my favorite blockchain game, Splinterlands, announced their own governance token that's gonna be airdropped to players, which I thought was really interesting. Um, and yeah, like I think, Governance tokens are really interesting because they're not, they don't have that financial aspect, but it's more about a decentralized way for people to make decisions. Um, and I think governance tokens might fit very nicely on the Coinos network because there are no fees. Uh, I think if you have a governance token, but every transaction is costing people money, that that takes a lot of value out of that whole process. It's like, well, I want to participate in the voting, but I can't afford the fee that comes with that potentially. Yeah, if you're gonna have a governance token, having it on, on a feeless blockchain, uh, it would would unlock a lot of a lot of value uh, in that application. Um, but it's funny, you know, you can say that about literally every application. Like right. people like every day I talk to people and they're like, oh, you know, it would be great on a feeless blockchain, blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, you know, when you eliminate <laughs> fees, you just unlock all of these possibilities and everything just becomes a lot more usable. And, and that's really, you know, been our focus is, is usability of blockchain technology. It has to be usable and, you know, usable to developers. And that means enabling developers to build applications that are usable to users, you know, um, yeah. and, and very much thinking in terms of, okay, what, what are people actually going to tolerate using? Um, and fees just really make things inherently unusable. Now to the topic of governance tokens, I think what I find interesting in the topic is not going to be what I think people would expect. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I don't know how, uh, I, I think there are some kind of faulty assumptions in, in the very concept of, of a governance token. Um, I think it, it, it the, the very concept um, illustrates uh, a phenomenon that I've observed that I think uh, is has, has flaws, which is that people want to make everything into a token. Everything has to be a token. The, the, the money is such an inherently compelling concept and money is just tokens. Like um, increasingly 
the difference between money and tokens is just disintegrating as things as everything becomes digital. Um, but like all money has always been tokens in that it's just this unique fungible thing. It's, it's just these fungible things um, and they have like narratives behind them. Um, and so what we've done uh, in the crypto space is, is create these technologies that just dramatically lower the barriers to creating all types of money. Uh, and so, so the problem is, so you can substitute token for money. And so you could, there is no semantic difference between saying governance token and governance money. So, okay, we have Coinos, we, we launch a, a separate governance token. It's a token, which means it's tradable. I, I you know, um, otherwise it ceases to become fungible. And so it's not really a token. It's so, um, okay. And you know, you look at general purpose protocols, they, they attain a value and, anywhere, you know, hundreds of millions to billions of dollars. And now you've got a token and that token conveys governance rights. And you don't think that token is going to get a value. Yeah. You don't think that that, 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 that the consequences of that will be basically devastating to whatever you were trying to accomplish in terms of governance. You're wrong. You're just wrong. So, um, <laughs> well, I, I uh, guess EOS yeah. was a kind of a good example of that, right? Like, EOS had this year long distribution of their token. And because it's a proof of stake um, blockchain, I guess they kind of assumed that like everyone would have this opportunity to buy that token and to like develop their stake. And then, you know, I think like a vast majority of the tokens were all bought up by. 10 or 20 uh, groups that ended up with the vast majority of tokens. So even though it was supposed to be super decentralized, it basically just got, got gobbled up by the people with the resources to gobble it up that were interested in. And so EOS doesn't have the value that it po probably should have because it accidentally got centralized. Well, yeah, you know, there's, there's a lot of, Whenever you have a system that isn't working, there's usually a lot of things that weren't designed properly and aren't functioning properly and are all interacting with one another in really complicated ways. There, there are numerous flaws in, in, in how EOS was designed. My personal, my pet favorite is effectively um, that they didn't develop mana, right? So they developed markets for network resources. It's a it, it's 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 connected to kind of the point that I was making about governance tokens. Um, you know, okay, the network has a limited amount of RAM, and that RAM is highly needed because we designed EOS using memory mapped files, which basically use RAM. Okay, but there's also disk, and 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 then there's network bandwidth. So okay, let's. Oh, you know, it's a great way to solve these problems, markets. Okay, let's create a market. Okay, well now speculators are gonna hoard market resources right. so that the price goes up, you know? And, and so now it's unusable because of that. You create a market, you're, you're gonna have market conditions. You create money, you're gonna have the consequences that result from creating money. Um, if you want, I think the most interesting topic with respect to governance that I, I don't think people think about enough is 
simplicity, the importance of simplicity. Uh, it matters in all parts of, of the system, obviously. It's, simplicity is, is key everywhere. Um, but it's especially key in governance, if depending on your goals, uh, if your goal is that everybody is somehow involved and influential over network governance, um, then it has to be simple enough for everybody to use. And in fact, I would go a step farther and say that it should be baked in to the very usage of the system so that as you do things, it impacts governance. Anytime you say, here's how our governance system works, you do X that is different than the stuff you just wanted to do, you are immediately chopping by 90% the number of people who are going to be involved in governance. You're immediately centralizing your situation um, because you're introducing friction. Right. Oh, vote. Okay, inform yourself, educate yourself. This is how people subtly accumulate power and, and, and exert control is by introducing complexity uh, and making it harder and harder to participate. Uh, creating a separate governance token is part and parcel to that. Okay, all you have to do is acquire this token. Wait a minute, I just wanted to be part of the, the future of commerce and interaction. Now I have to buy this other token and that token and then this and then that. Um, you know, uh, we won't have a governance token. Um, I think the way we, we think about governance and governance design um, and, and uh, the the token you hold as a stakeholder um, in in the platform should con convey governance powers uh, and give you the option to exert influence over governance if you would like to. Um, but you know, I think that the most interesting governance solutions—they're undesigned solutions. They're taking away the need to think and exert governance decisions. So I can give you, I think I could give you like a specific example. Um, okay, you know that on Coinos, we can add any behavior to the blockchain without a hard fork. Okay, how much of governance in other blockchains is about hard forking? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I guess with the Hive blockchain, it's the most part of it really. Ethereum? Yeah. Ethereum too. So it is when you have hard forks, they are the limiting factor for progress of a blockchain. And so they are what governance is about. And this is I right, this is a super I think this is a super interesting and powerful example, right? Of, of the whole issue. Because um, nobody in all the conversations about blockchain governance, right? You'll, you never hear anyone suggest that the solution might be getting rid of the hard forks. Right. <laughs> oh, oh, we'll make a token. We'll make a token. I got an idea. Let's get rid of hard forks 
now that's not there's no governance to be done yeah. you know I, i'm yeah. being hyperbolic like there there will be um a hard work still be more like regular and, and like objective it'll just be like okay how can we increase the efficiency of this thing we have these behaviors running in the vm they would be a lot faster and cheaper running natively. Okay, let's build these, let, let's hard fork in these these native implementations, but it will be an objective process, right? So so now it, it's, a, it's a fundamentally different beast. Yes, you need governance, but what is the governance doing, right? And so, and, and another, um, uh, an, another interesting example, I think, is, is that, you know, Speaking of Hive, and I'm, I'm not trashing Hive, but just the distinction between a general purpose platform and an application specific platform um, has governance implications. Because on a general purpose platform, uh, a developer can execute their own code on, on the network. And so now, with respect to that code, governance is much less of an impediment to their ability to build their decentralized application because if they have this snippet of code they don't have to beg the blockchain developers to add it to the blockchain they right. can just write it as a smart contract and if you're fearless you're not introducing fees into your user experience so you're basically getting the benefits of a native implementation like on coinos you'll be getting the benefits of a native implementation without having to have it baked into the blockchain itself because that this is where wasm uh, WebAssembly becomes critical and so important because that smart contract is 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 compiled to Wasm, even though it's running in a virtual machine, it's still running super fast. And because Coinos will have Mana, you're not having the fees. And so, in in my opinion, you know these are the these are the actual behaviors that developers want from their decentralized application they don't care how it gets accomplished whether it's baked into the blockchain itself or whether it's running in a virtual machine and i bet you a gazillion dollars that that they will always prefer to have it running in a virtual machine where they can upgrade it whenever they want uh, and, and if it's 99 percent as fast as a native implementation they're good with that so so you see like we have undesigned the need for such active governance because a dramatically reduce the need to hard fork b give developers smart contracts that enable them to write what run whatever code they want on the network and and c or three i forget <laughs> numbers um yeah the, the fees do not get introduced into the process and so you can still have a great user experience because i think that's that's often why people are looking to get things implemented natively in the blockchain is because then it it, it doesn't have fees so that that's one of the many reasons why implementing mana is so critical um and one day i look forward to we we, we need to talk more about mana because i'm getting like re-excited uh, about mana. But so, you know, the, what we're shooting for with Coinos is this purely like neutral platform where you can come in and you can build whatever world you want and you don't need to be worried about how the platform works and is governed. These are all negative signs about the design of the system. 
if you're saying, well, how does governance work? You should just be saying, wow, this platform works great. Yeah. It's not imposing any ideology or limitations on me. It just lets me do what I want to do and lets my users do what I want, what, what they want to do. You don't ask how internet governance works. There is some stuff. There are the, like, these nonprofits and well, I, I don't know. It's a complicated, crazy mess. Um, but they must do a pretty good job because you don't fucking ask because right. it just works because it's neutral. Uh, and so that's what we're striving for with our governance is how do we design this stuff so that people can use it? People don't need to worry about governance, but at the same time, by not thinking about governance or being involved in governance, we're not giving power to, to other people or some specific group of people. How do we accomplish all of those things? And, and I, it takes a holistic design to the system, right? Like, mana plays a part uh the fact that you can like you said the fact that you can perform fearless transactions that you can participate in the network without losing money is critical to getting people involved but it interconnects with um the modular upgradability it interacts with the, the 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 smart contracting capability and when you look at all of the different components and how they work together um, the, the, the emergent uh, properties of the system are just fundamentally different uh, than taking a system that is fun functioning poorly and imagining how you would improve that through an iterative process. You take a shitty system and you <laughs> iterate it, it just gets like shittier and shittier. Like everyone thinks it's gonna get better. It just gets worse and worse and worse. Everyone's just confused the whole time. Right. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you can see that with like, when companies make bizarre decisions, like, what possible person thought that was a good idea? But you yeah. don't know, like what they started with and where they like the right. process that they went through to get to that terrible idea. Um, yeah, it's funny. And uh, one interesting example, like gold can come out of that. I was just talking to somebody about this yesterday. Um, you know, everybody on Hive and Steam and, and, and the Coinos community, like they take the idea of delegation so for granted, right? We're like, this is so obviously a good thing, right? And you go to other blockchains and they don't even, they haven't even heard of the process. Yeah. And why is that? It's because at first, uh, because Steam has human readable usernames, uh, they have a cost. And so at first, Steam at Inc. was just handing out 15 Steam. Yeah. And delegation, it was, it was simultaneously one of those weird solutions that might not make any sense to people outside, but it's based on these historical decisions that got made where we're giving out free money and we're growing, but it's we're losing money. Okay, we need delegation. And delegation is great. It's a great concept. It's a super important concept for creating usable decentralized applications. And there's countless examples of things like that in Coinos that were like, based on our experience at Steam, this is what we would have fixed. This is what we would have done differently. And that's great. But when you're at the organization, when you're dealing with the architecture, it's a, it's a nightmare. And you wind up making decisions that are not ideal, but are necessary.
Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's why I think people were probably pretty surprised when, when we left steam and we decided to build our blockchain completely from scratch, because that seems really hard, but they don't realize <laughs> how hard it would have been to take that existing architecture, whether it was steam or EOS. Yeah. Um, and make it into what we want it to be, we would be burdened by all of that debt. And it was just too much. It, it could have theoretically not been too much. But when we looked at the whole design, the resource model on EOS, just too many things, the use of memory mapped files, uh, it, it would have, it, you know, so we would have had to change everything. Um, and so just starting from scratch, it gives you that freedom. And yeah, it takes a little longer, you know, so we've been at it a year um, and, and we're now at Testnet, but um, we're very happy with the decision. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. So I like one of the things that I thought might would be interesting about governance would be, you know, like people actually making decisions on little things that affect their communities or whatever. But I think you've really kind of opened my eyes to the fact that like, how can you guarantee that you tie someone's vote to a person? Because, you know, like, as you said, like, if it ends up with a the value, then you might just get rich people buying up everyone's essential, like essentially votes or their voting token. Um, so yeah, I haven't really figured out how you would get around that. I noticed with the governance platforms that I've seen, like Uniswap had like a vote uh, in the last couple of weeks and 100% of the voting tokens voted one way. So hmm. that just leads me to think that the question that Uniswap asked was so obviously weighted in one direction. Um, and I think a lot of people would just be like, oh, well, how do you want us to vote? I don't care enough about this yeah. to, to go against the grain. So I guess I haven't personally seen governance tokens work the way I thought they would have worked. Yes. Well, yeah, interesting. Yeah, well, here, here's how I think it's gonna work. Here's how it's gonna, uh, maybe I can give some insights into how we're planning to design Coinos governance. Um, but basically <clears throat> the way you want governance to work, I think is um, you need to have capital I, you need to be able to, the system needs to be able to identify long-term stakeholders, uh, developers and users, same, uh, same class um, and block producers or infrastructure providers. These are the three critical classes in a blockchain. Uh, capital, users and, and developers are a type of user and block producers, infrastructure providers. Yeah. And, and these three classes have divergent interests. This is the problem that no other blockchains are really thinking about. And, and so instead they just say, oh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's if you have tokens, you know, you're, you're, you're a stakeholder, your incentives are aligned. And, and the problem is that um, no, there are distinct classes within that group. And because you have not codified that distinction on chain, um, they collude off chain. Um, and so what you need is a way of enabling the blockchain to identify which, which accounts uh, are associated with capital uh, users and, uh, and block producers. And, and, and what this enables is them to collude 
effectively against the other classes, which creates checks and balances. Um, and, and, and so for example, I can give one example is uh, how would the blockchain identify um, users? How would the Coinos blockchain identify users? Well, um, the central concept of Coinos is that if you hold coin, the instant you buy coin, um, you should be able to perform fee transactions. And in order to facilitate that, the blockchain has coded within it this idea that within your coin is a set amount of mana. And so the more coin you have, the more mana you have, the more free transactions you, you have. Now, what you won't be able to do with those coin is, is mine blocks or earn a yield. Yeah. Those will be separate systems uh, that uh, participating in them will deprive you of the ability to perform fee-less transactions, right? So now what do we have? We have mana, which is a way for the blockchain to objectively assess who is a user and which users are going to have the most mana. Can you guess? Um... No, developers? Correct. <laughs> Should have just right? backed myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got, no, you got there. You got there quick. It, uh, <laughs> I put you on the spot. It felt like a long time. You got there quick. <laughs> exactly. So on the one hand, users will have mana. Yeah. Uh, they will have mana delegated to them. They will buy coin. They will have uh, mana. Um, developers obviously have more, more at stake. Yeah. in a blockchain yeah. they spend years developing right okay how do we measure this you know okay what complicated system can we put in there no complicated system they'll have a lot of mana the more invested that they're in that they're in the more mana that they'll have yeah. you know and they're sacrificing um because they're they're sacrificing an opportunity cost because they're not using that coin to mine blocks or to earn a yield yeah. uh, through staking um so you know uh then there will be the people who are staking and then there will be the people who are mining. Um, and, and so this gives us three classes uh, which can uh, be, be used to, uh, with, within the governance system. Um, what was the question? <laughs> I guess it was how you ensure that the right people are voting. Right. Oh, oh right. Yo, so the, the cool thing I thought about while, while you were asking that question is, you know, is solutions are the best solutions are simple and fractal. Um, uh, and, and decentralization and fractalness are often like super related. So what do I mean? When your users are using Coinos, right? Um, they will be using your smart contracts. Your smart contracts will be upgradable in band. Uh, you do not need us. To, we yes. do, you do not need Coinos to hard fork in order to upgrade your smart contract. So, what will people really care about from a governance perspective? They will care about your smart contract, not Coinos. And at at the system level, what we're doing is at all times doing as much as possible to minimize the amount, uh, the degree to which they need to care. 
about what's happening at the system level. So, so what it's really about is how you design governance. And like I said at the beginning, right, what you wanna be doing is that the users, just by using the platform, they're participating in governance. And it's the same with your app, right? They should be using the app. And based on how they're using the app, that should impact your governance. Right. And, and, and I believe that, that good apps will actually mirror that tripartite governance system that I just outlined for, for you, because it'll be the same dynamic. There will be people who simply want to invest in your growth as an app. Yep. And for them, they will want a long-term investment vehicle that provides a yield. Um, and, and, and you will be able to mimic our system for that, uh, what we call bonds, right? So you could have GFAM bonds, right? Uh, I even think that applications will take our MANA smart contract module, copy the code and tweak it for their implementation, right? Because you want to have fee-less yeah. Uh, transactions within your app too, and but you will also have additional expenses and costs that you want to kind of like integrate into your 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 system um, without introducing fees, right? So you'll have my you'll you you could have GFAM Mana too. Yeah. Um, and this is the thing that I want I want to talk about in the future, maybe even write some articles about. Um, and 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 you might also have uh, a a. a an equivalent of mining. You might mimic these three classes too, right? And so I, as the user, right, um, I will predominantly be have GFAM coin for, for the mana, for the using of your app. And then I'm using your app. And so you as the developer of your system are going, look at their, look at their usage. The governance should be looking at their usage and then the long-term capital holders and and the the miners i guess the miners will basically be probably people who are revising the smart contract they're probably you know um but so now what you have is the long-term capital holders and say the, the the infrastructure providers in terms of your app they're looking at the user behavior and they're saying well i as the, the long-term capital holder is going, I want to, I want us to grow more. I want us to deliver more value. Look at that behavior. Look at that behavior. We need to change this part of the smart contract, that part of the smart contract. And the miner is going, yeah, I want to grow too. And if I can't, if my upgrades won't get accepted by you long-term stakeholder, because you see what the users are doing uh, and you have a vested interest in satisfying them, now we are aligning the incentives of the classes within the system so as to maximize value creation. That's governance to me. It's not a complicated system where you introduce all of this cognitive load in, into your users' minds and say, become a politician now. That's yeah. the absolute worst outcome, right? <laughs> but, now, but now imagine all of this that I'm describing replicated across 10,000 applications, all of which are running on top of Coinos. And now you have decentralized governance. And now you have all of those developers who are 
who have systems, who have governance systems and diverse governance systems. There will be a variety and there, there will be good and bad. And, and, and now it's, it's those people who will be exer you know, uh, exerting some influence over system level governance, right? So now we get to the fractalization that I was trying to get at where you don't have top down governance where it's the, the Coinos blockchain developers telling everybody how the system is going to be uh, and then you figuring out how it works. Instead, you've got thousands of developers who have their own governance mechanisms and emerging out of that governance um, is in, in that is what influences the lower level governance of the system. Uh, and so it's, you know, you get all of the information from all of those users, all of those long-term investors, all of those infrastructure providers, and then all of them are going are, are going to uh, coordinate their actions at the lower level. The, the long-term investors from your app will connect with the long-term investors from other apps about what they want done at the system level. Um, and the same for the infrastructure providers who are the people you want to be getting involved in, 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 in right? You're creating these areas of expertise. You're giving people the right place for their skill set and their interests, and you're giving them the tools to maximally exert that influence. And, and that applies to the users as well. Um, but you're, but when you look at what the users are doing, right, they're just using, but by using, they're exerting their influence and that influence is, is trickling down to use a terrible phrase yeah. uh, to the base level, but in an organic, uh, in an organic way. Um, so yeah, that's how I think about governance. Yeah, I mean that is that is really exciting. the best governance is no governance, right? <laughs> I mean, if everything's just working, um, yeah, I think this also it kind of highlights some uh, funding opportunities that I hadn't really thought about with Coinos before. In terms of like GFAM is basically going through like funding at the moment, and it's a massive hassle. And basically, you have to like front, you have to find people that are willing to fund you. Um, where I think if you are basically able to open, uh, you know, your system up so that people can bring capital to your system based on what you intend to build, that could be really exciting for a lot of developers who just cannot afford to build the thing that they want to build upfront. Um, so I think there's a lot of potential there, but I want to thank you for your time, Andrew. Uh, I hope you have a great day. I hope it's very sunny for you and uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you again, hopefully next week. Sounds good. Great chatting. Awesome.